Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sick Doctor. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That means, no, no, that doesn't mean we're going. It's just, it could be nighttime where you are. It could be anything. Anyway, welcome to another exciting episode of the Colton Collective Podcast. Another month has passed and we're back on the air, or the internet at least. And uh, here joining me by my side, of course, is Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. Well, I'm surprised to be here, Ian. <laughs> I thought you were replacing me with a new companion. Oh, I thought your comment was about celebrities dying off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I have to wake up every morning and look in the mirror. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, it feels as though you're dodging a bullet sometimes. Yeah, but uh, thank you for the concern, if concern well, it was. Heck, I, there was there was concern earlier, actually, because you posted a uh, uh, happy birthday to Lee Majors and, and the Colton page on Facebook, and, and all I saw was a picture of Lee Majors, and I panicked. Because yeah. that's that's what you're you're expecting these days. If you see a picture of a celebrity, you're expecting a you know condolences to their family and R.I.P. It's like oh. boy, it's just nuts. Anyway, let's see let's see who's among the living who are joining our show today. <laughs> All right, on audio, Mister Dara Skeptical is joining us. Hello, sir. I'm not sure if I'm amongst the living, but hello. <laughs> uh, amongst the sober. The surface? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> and also joining us on audio, Mr. Randall Thor is here. Hello, I'm among the off-worlders here, people from other than Earth. Ah. And uh, just just to, to, to break the monotony of the introductions, you've got some exciting news for uh, the Colton fans, have you not? Uh, I, if that news is that I very possibly returning to, well, more of a routine audio setup here, maybe more commentaries coming up soon, but I am moving on my own place coming up next weekend at the earliest. So expect to hear more from me. So, Yay. You heard it here first, folks. Well, it's probably the only place you'd hear it. Apart from Twitter, uh, that, 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 that Mike will be joining us yet again. And, uh, yeah. and, uh. Let the uh, the chaos ensue. He's out of the bit. He's out of the big house, isn't he? Is that yeah, what they call it the nowadays? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run that all sit around. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's actually all we have on audio today. Uh, hopefully, we'll be joined by a couple more people um, during during the event today because we do have some exciting news that we're going to be talking about. 
But let's see who's under the cone. Control's new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? All right, joining us under the cone, our guest seven, and of course, it wouldn't be a show without Cybob. Hello, Cybob. And hello, guest seven. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, there's only one more person to introduce, and that, of course, is the Typing Monkey, which means it is news time. Go, Typing Monkey. Go. Go. It reminds me, of course, it's usually Ken that jumps in very quickly there for us, <laughs> uh, but Ken does send his apologies, may join us uh, before the end of the show. Depends on if we can keep mumbling along for long enough. A uh, few little things to just mention before we get to the sort of real news. Uh, on a personal note, if I may be so bold, just want to give a big shout out to my daughter, Ros, who ran for the first time in the London Marathon 2016 today. Uh, it was her debut running it. And she actually hit her target of doing the 26.2 miles, uh, 42 kilometres, in 3 hours, 40 minutes and 44 seconds. So of the, all the female entries, she came in 1,640 in the category of runners, which I think are club runners, uh, she came in 966. Now, that can't be right. That must be uh, a separate group. But overall, considering there were 39,000 people that ran, she came in uh, under 9,000, 8,712, which means she beat 30,000 other runners. So very, very pleased. And her time was only four minutes, 50 seconds longer than the very first London Marathon run up in space by Tim Peake in the space station, running at 70% uh, of gravity following the route on a video monitor. Uh, and that is a world's first. Yes, Tim Peake and my daughter running for the first time in a marathon. So uh, sorry for that personal thing, but... Uh, um, I'd, I'd like to say congratulations to Rosie. Rose too. Um, I can't imagine sitting in a theater for three hours, let alone running for three hours. <laughs> and the first picture you'll be glad to know that she posted of herself was sitting in a pub having a pint. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> After it. Um, yeah, so very, very pleased with that. And she's raised just over £2,500 for uh, the Royal Society for the Blind uh, via her efforts and the support of her family and friends. So thank you to all those people. Okay, I'll stop on that. Uh, but that's on another personal note, but is related to this show, we are now on Android, Ian. We're, we've been accepted, haven't we, on Google Music Plays Podcast. Uh, which is brilliant. Not yet available in the UK, and they're phasing them in on actual mobile devices. But on the sure. Google Desktop Player, uh, it is uh, available. And Perry G, I have to thank Perry G for uh, highlighting that it had become available there. So really uh, pleased about that. So that started us off with a positive note. So let me do some of the other positive news. 
and then we may have to just uh, measure uh, mention uh, some uh, sad things. Let's go with the um, the class, the spin-off of Doctor Who. Uh, the cast has been announced, and this is on DoctorWhoNews.net. I have already put the link in the room once, but I will do so for those people that weren't in the pro clients and may have missed it. Uh, BBC has announced the cast for the new Doctor Who spin-off series class, and the series begins filming today, and that was posted on the 4th of April. Uh, Greg Austin, Fadi, oh, why did I pick that? Sophie Hopkins, Vivian Operan, and Catherine Kelly, um, all young-looking actors. Uh, and to tell you the truth, Ian, this is where an old man like me gets confused. I'm not <laughs> sure whether they're actors that are the children and they're the teachers, because <laughs> they all look about 20 to me. Uh, <laughs> You're hoping but, some of them look 20, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think actually it's the um, it's the the teachers that uh, that are there. So um, that, that looks as though it's getting uh, uh, well underway. Uh, I don't know whether anybody wants to men talk about they're, that in any form. They're actually yeah, looking further into the article. Um, they're they're all they're students. They're all uh, um, it says like all sixth formers, these four Cold Hill students have hidden secrets and desires. They're facing their own worst fears, navigating a life of friends, parents, schoolwork, sex, sorrow, and the possibly and possibly the end of existence. Cole Hill School has been part of Do the Doctor Who universe since the very first episode, uh, but that has come at a price. All the time traveling over the years has caused the very walls of space and time to come become thin. There's something pressing on the other side Something waiting for its chance to kill everyone and everything and to bring us all into shadow. Fear is coming. Tragedy is coming. War is coming. Prepare yourselves. Class is coming. Sounded a little bit to me, although slight, a slightly different premise uh, to that. Was it um, uh, the other children's program, which was, uh, was it Wizards v. Aliens? Mm. The Russell T. Davis one. Right. Um, I, I don't know what age group this is aimed at, but I'm assuming it's sort of like juvenile fiction in novels. It's, it's aimed at that age group, the sort of 10 to 16 age group. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, the fact that they're they're you know they're they're older students. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so so that, that that is something to mention. Um, let, let's. Um, I don't know whether Darth wants to come in on any of this, but uh, I, I was looking prior to the show starting um, because uh, I knew Ken would not be able to make it, and he sometimes covers this for us as well, uh, from Box Office Mojo about um, uh, what's happening in the uh, the, the box office this week. Uh, with the Jungle Book uh, at number one still, this is the live uh, action version of it, and I've seen the trailer of it. It looks spectacular, I must admit. Um, and it's voiced by a lot of, uh, uh, you know, well-known major character uh, voice actors as well as major stars. Um, it's it's a hundred and ninety-one million dollars, but in this weekend's gross, sixty million dollars, nearly sixty-one million dollars. At two is Huntsman Winter's War, uh, twenty million dollars, uh, and that's its first week, so that's its full total, and then. A couple of others to mention is that for Zootopia, uh, which has gained a total of 
$316 million. And then at number six, down from four, is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, uh, which just took $5.5 million, but has a total gross uh, of $319 million. Uh, Darth, is there anything you want to comment on that? Only that it's supremely unfair in this day and age to just talk about domestic totals. Um, Batman versus Superman is very close to doing $900 million. Uh, Zootopia has crossed the $900 million threshold. Um, and Batman versus Superman is, I think, something that people are going to study for a while to try to figure out what the hell happened there. Uh, because... It, it it got such bad reviews from professional critics, but got reasonably good reviews from just the average sort of fan. Uh, that it shows you, you know, that there is a big divorce between the two groups. But certainly, you know, this is not like Broadway, where if you get bad reviews, that's going to kill you. Um, I think people... I think this film benefited a lot from having early um, ticket sales, and so people went to go. Enough people went to go see it initially that they weren't at all, you know, uh, impressed by the reviews that happened. You know, they'd already locked in their purchase, and then when they went to go see it, they weren't necessarily aware of the reviews. And just like political elections nowadays, at least in the U.S., you know, you get people who are standing outside the theater when the people leave to do essentially exit polling. And enough of those people said that it was a decent movie that, you know, you got like on, on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets like a 75 or something like that percent approval rating from the audience, whereas it only gets, you know, around 30 from the critics. And I think that, that, strangely, this is a movie that had some word of mouth in it. Um, well, that is word of mouth sales, which is bizarre. It's almost beating. It's, you know, what should be happening to it, given the savaging that it took from critics. And, you know, if you didn't particularly like this movie, one of the things that you should be rooting for is the box office total. And for it to get... 851 million uh, for it to be I think I'm right in saying it's like the um, it's the number one movie currently in the DC Extended Universe um, it is the number one movie also in the Superman franchise it's not the number one in the Batman franchise um, but by some distance just even domestically it's uh you know, seen as far better than even the original Superman. Well, not seen as far better, but has made more money unadjusted. But even with adjusted totals, it, it looks like it's it's not going to beat Superman in terms of, you know, adjusted gross, domestic gross for inflation. But it is going to probably beat Superman 2. Um, and that's, that's something. That's really not nothing. Um, and even if it doesn't quite beat it, it's going to be pretty much on par. It already is on par with Superman 2. Um, and that's, you know, given how bad the reviews are, that's really quite saying something. You know, I think I think it's fair to say at this point that the bad reviews had more of an effect on Man of Steel than they did on Batman vs. Superman. 
Maybe because there's a lot more going on with Batman versus Superman. I mean, some people clearly went to this film to see Wonder Woman. You know, uh, some people went to see it to see Batman as played by uh, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, his yeah. name is certainly... Anyway, they wanted to see a different version, different take. Yeah, I'll go, chop. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so there's a, a lot of elements. You know, some people went to it because it was an Amy Adams film. I mean, they're serious Amy Adams fans. So there, there are enough pieces that were moving in this thing that, you know, people went to go see it that maybe wouldn't have gone to see it if, if one of those elements were not in the picture. So the point is, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of reviewers at least, said, well, this is the death knell of the Warner Brothers franchise, DC franchise. Uh, it's really not. And if anything, it, it is the anti-Catwoman, kind of. Um, it, it, it's sort of it's fascinating. I really think it's one of the most fascinating films in terms of how much money it's made, in terms of you know the perception that it has, and also you know the fact that I think you have to say it is a stumble. I mean, it really is not that great a movie, um, and yet there's it's there's so much within it that is interesting and good and you know historic. You know, this is the first time that we see Wonder Woman on screen. But I think I think it argues quite well for the individual film series now that we know it's going to be, of Wonder Woman. Um, and, and I think it, it... I don't know what it says, though, for, like, the Justice League film, but what it, what it seems to definitely not say is DC is dead. It, it seems to not say, uh, you know, Marvel reigns supreme. A, a good comparison might be, sort of, maybe... Deadpool, I mean, Deadpool is limited by the fact that it's an R-rated movie. But still, uh, you know, Deadpool got far better reviews, but has made significantly less money. And yes, that is some of it because it's an R-rated movie. But it, it still is not like, oh, you know, the DC Extended Universe is DOA. And, you know, looking forward, we got Suicide Squad coming up. And Suicide Squad, at least by the trailers, looks pretty fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm for a movie that I didn't enjoy that much. I'm kind of okay with it being the sort of launch of the DC. Well, it's not quite the launch, but it's, it's effectively a kind of a launch for the DC extended universe. I think they're, you know, this is not the Avengers, which was a fantastic film, but I think it is at least age of Ultron, you know, um, um, I know Age of Ultron got better reviews, but I think that really, I think it's going to make, I could be wrong, it may not make more money. Maybe by the time you factor in all of the the residuals and the DVD and all that stuff, maybe it'll make more money or something like the same amount of money as Age of Ultron. But it still is not, it is not the disaster that um, reviewers would have us believe. All right. A couple of things, because uh, I know you, you don't. Uh, always catch the shows when you're not on. Uh, I mean, because Ken mm. gave a little bit of a review about it, non-spoiler review last time. But um, mm. uh, he was saying that that, that it's that it's a slightly convoluted plot to get the sort of all the all the the ducks in a line ready for what's going to be moving on. The 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 thing that he particularly didn't like was um, one that uh, the way Superman's mother. Um, you know, sort of basically says you don't have to help 
humans, you know, you know, you, if you want to do it, don't. There was no obligation, no, uh, uh, you know, he didn't think that it was the the Superman ethos. And I think, sorry if this is a spoiler for anybody else, that um, that Batman, played by Ben Affleck, by the way, was um, uh, mm-hmm. he, he does seem to kill uh, in this movie, which he didn't he thought was a no no for that character. Uh, other other things I've read about it is that um, again from my AV forums. That, that's not true, by the way. I mean, the original yeah. Batman certainly, as created in '38, definitely killed. So oh, you right. can okay. dispense with that little myth. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, they, they said that actually, um, uh, most of them went to see it. Uh, second time they went to see it on the big screen, uh, when, and they said on the big screen uh, and 3D, it, it is much more of a an absorbing. Uh, film and they enjoyed it for that um, the only thing that you said it's R-rated but I think a couple of places I've heard people say that uh, you know there seems to be very young children in there with parents no no I said I Deadpool, don't know I said oh, Deadpool oh. was R-rated oh no that's right sorry I missed that yeah you're right but it was it was Deadpool that was out. yeah and they were saying that young kids were watching that I don't know whether it's at the discretion that uh, that rating they have whether you know, the children have to be at least 13 hours, whether it's at the discretion of the parents. But uh, It's anyway. at the discretion. If, you, if you're there with a parent, you can watch our reading movie. Wow. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Welcome, guest eight. We may allow chat later. We're just talking about some new items. We're just coming to the end of the bit on um, on the movies. Unless, uh, Mike, or Ian, you want to make a comment before we move on? No, no. I except to say hi to Matt Hal. Matt Hal joined us a little earlier, but uh, oh, yeah. we were in mid, mid-article. I mean, you seem to be slightly inviting a, like, tiny review of this thing. And I will just say this. Superman Batman is, or Superman versus Batman, it's not, it's perfectly representative of most comics. Which is to say, it feels like a mini-series of, like, eight issues in which you had the same artist on board for the entire time, but each issue was written by different people. And so that's what makes it feel, I think, disjointed. Visually, it's incredible. But um, the, the writing is entirely uneven, and it does feel like a, a a series of incidents. Like, you can count eight, pretty much, incidents that happen throughout the film. And they're not really all that related. And a lot of times when an incident is brought up, they will just dispense with it as if it doesn't matter. And then in one case, they literally, literally blow up one of the plot threads to make it stop progressing. Is there it's a like, dream oh, sequence okay. or something? Well, no, that's maybe spoiling things. Oh, okay. I mean, I would just say, in, in the very general sense, the problem with the film is, you know, is one if you're if you like comics and you read comics, you're not going to be as bothered with it. I don't think. I mean, I, I totally disagree with what Ken is suggesting. If you're representing him correctly here, because I didn't listen to oh, the well, last yeah, it may be some last. But there, you know, yeah. I, I would, uh, you know, no Superman. Superman is ultimately portrayed as Superman, and especially as Superman coming from like the Johnny Byrne era. The man. Of, I mean, there's a reason why Man of Steel is called Man of Steel because. It is evoking the spirit of like the 1986 run of Man of Steel, which was sort of a reboot of the character. 
Um, and that's the universe that we're in. I don't know why anybody would choose that universe, but they, they've chosen that particular strand of the Superman myth. That's what Zack Snyder has said, is he wants to be his Superman. And, you know, in that context, we're seeing a fairly faithful representation of that particular version of Superman. In the same way, you know, Dark Knight is clearly where at least the Nolan series was going with Batman. And that's not representative of the entirety of the Batman franchise. And indeed, you know, you can say that Adam West and, and Burt Ward, that's faithful to a strand of Batman, and especially the strand of Batman that was present in the late 60s. Um, so, you know, people come to characters and they have an idea. I like this particular version of it. And if you go to the movies and you see somebody else's version of the character, you'd be like, I don't like that. But, you know, this was, an, this was a comic book movie that obviously was based on comic books, that was based on a particular phenomenon of comics that is annoying to comic book um, readers, but nevertheless is the common comic book experience. And that is, you know, you'll start out with a story and it'll be intriguing to begin with, and then you'll get a new set of writers on that story, and they have to kind of figure out how to put the story together, and then you're disappointed in what happens. It's, if you want to make a Doctor Who analogy, it's kind of like um, Trial of the Time Lord. How Trial of the Time Lord is totally concluded by somebody who couldn't even for legal reasons see how the rest of the story had developed in the 13 previous uh, episodes. And that's, you know, that's no way to write a film. That's no way to write a, a TV series. But that is a very common experience in comic books, and I, I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, there are some truly stunning moments that happened with it, especially in the relationship between uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Uh, Larry Fishburne is amazing as comic relief as, as Perry White. Um, the, Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot, you know, she's awesome. Um, and I, I quite liked the take of Ben Affleck. I, I really enjoyed the fact that Ben Affleck was not trying to do a growly voice, but rather it was something created by a voice manipulating device, kind of like they do on Flash. Well, kind of like they do on, on Arrow, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, that seems to me perfectly realistic and better than, you know, having Christian Bale try to talk gruffly or whatever. Um, you know, there's there's a lot within it that is, is quite good. In some cases, breathtaking. Um but it, it basically is just a comic book movie that is derived from an average run of, say, eight comics in the middle, you know, like, I don't know, Justice League of America, whatever, 140 to 148. You know, right in the middle of the thing. It's just, it's just average comic book fare. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily right to be particularly mad at it. It is what it is. Uh, I do wish they would throw Zack Snyder off the bus, but they're not doing that. They're keeping them around for the actual Justice League Part 1 and Part 2 movies. I don't have a lot of faith in that. I do have a lot of faith in Wonder Woman that's coming up. I do have faith, and I'm very interested to see if Ben Affleck actually does get to direct the next solo Batman film. I think that would be fascinating to see. I really want to see more of Henry Cavill's you know, Superman by himself. 
I think he got a raw deal, kind of, in you know his second appearance to be in this massive multi-character thing. I, I think he deserved one more film to solidify his um, particular persona, yeah. you know, version of the of the thing. I really enjoy him, um, but I think he's a great actor who I followed in other things, including like Man from Uncle. I think he's brilliant, Man from Uncle. Um, I would like to see him as James Bond, to be honest. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot. Amy Adams, I really enjoy her take. It's very different, but it's sort of it's sort of a weird blend of the original radio version of Lois Lane and then kind of a little bit of, uh, you know, Lois and Clark version and then something that she's bringing her own self into. Um, so it's it's fascinating to see that work out. But no, I, I think the criticism that Superman is not Superman, ultimately in this film, he's clearly Superman, doing things that only Superman would do. And, and yet, at the same time, you know, the film is, because it is following so closely that nine, late 80s, early 90s sort of version of Superman, if you were a part of that, there's no suspense at the end of the film. Uh, if you're not a part of that, you might feel a little something. Uh, so whatever. I don't know. Right. It's, 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 good, it's good enough. Yeah, I, I think Ken was actually talking about um, the, the, um, the Kents, uh, the way they were trying to, uh, that his mother was, was advising him. He, he didn't feel as though, because he always felt as though the, the Kents were supposed to be the humanizing element and, Anyway, I don't. I want, I want to give Mike a chance before we move on because I think I heard Mike about to speak before. Mike, do you do you want to cover this a little bit? No, oh, I was just going to add that there are some other superhero movie news also that was announced this week. Oh well, do you want to go on to that and we'll cover it now before we? Sure. Earlier this week, uh, Disney and Marvel confirmed that Inhumans, which was, was I say, an upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, has been officially cancelled. They're no longer working on it. That was part of Phase 3 coming up, but that's gone from the schedule entirely. So, if you were looking forward to the Inhumans movie, uh, look elsewhere, because it's not happening. Alright. Um, uh, the only other one like that, it was is it Wolverine 3 being announced. Is that another thing in the uh, in the works but uh, let, let's go to the small screen um because uh, one of the things that i mentioned prior to us starting the recording was the fact that um uh, they've just announced that game of thrones has got green lit for a season seven but um i think at that point was it dark you said it it actually starts uh, season six starts tomorrow is that right in in the states yeah it's tomorrow right where we're here in the UK. I think uh, season uh, five has only just got underway. It's not actually, yeah. It's, I think it's it may be a week in or so. Um, so uh, let's leave that at that. And uh, I think um, the only other news Ian that we were going to cover is um, uh, some of the sadder items. So should we just right. put these in here? Um, perhaps most pertinent to our field of interest is um, the sad passing of uh, Gareth Thomas, known to many as the eponymous Blake from Blake 7. Uh, actor Gareth Thomas uh, died. This was announced on April the 14th uh, on Doctor Who's News, not that was where I first saw it. Um, and um, 
he died aged 71. Um, he also played uh, recently, well, say recently, it's 10 years ago now, would you believe, uh, Ed Morgan in the 2006 Torchwood, uh, Tor- Torchwood Story Ghost Machine. And he's been on Big Finish 2001 Storm Warning. Uh, but most people will know him as playing Rog Blake. Um, and I tried to get a clip where he's speaking, but fortunately, I, I'm not sure I should play it here because it's, it's too spoiler because it comes from the end of the series. But um, no, I no, thought... No. There's, think? There's, 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 I saw a debate on that online recently. It's like, if you haven't watched it yet, then... <laughs> well, let, let me play part of it. I won't play the whole bit. Is it him? It's him. He sold us, Avon. All of us. Even you. It's true. Avon, it's me, Blake. Have you betrayed us? Television, uh, the Avengers, uh, Zed Cars. What feel like Ian on a on a on a um, one of our um, other shows here. Uh, what else has he been in? Special Branch, David Copperfield, Jack and Ori, Hammer House of Horrors, Pete uh, Bergerac, The Citadel, um, By the Sword Divided. Um, Lots of London's Burning, May Gray, 1992, that is. Right. Uh, casualty. 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 Come on, Mike. Come on, casualty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vandal and Hopkirk. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Taggart, which is a Scottish police procedural. Midsummer Murders. Holby City, 2011 was his last credit there. And... Uh, in a few films, Quatermass and the Pit, uh, only about five or six, none of them other than that, particularly well-known to me at least, Super Bitch, Juggernaut, Sparrow, Made in Romania. But, um, I mean, he, of course, the famously, uh, although he's the main character in Blake, he, he left after the second series, uh, where there were four series in all, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, the character of Avon became... Uh, the leader of the group. Uh, anything for you to say on on the passing of Gareth, Ian? We'll go around. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those shows, you, you know, that well, I grew up on. I don't know about Dave because you know Dave was already you know, well in his eighties by then. Um, <laughs> I know, cheeky budger. Uh But yeah, it, it is a uh, very good actor, and you know. He, you know, he's one of those. I don't know. You, you get the feeling from 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 watching him on telly that he was, you know, it's always it's always weird when you encounter people on TV and you're like, he's a he must be a nice fella in, in real life. And I get the from from what I saw on uh, people who have met him, it, it truly was the case. Um, but yeah, love like seven, love 
loved his character in it. Um, and, you know, especially the first couple of seasons of that were, were, were great TV, if you ask me. Later on, it was it became a little, you know, little less than, than its, than its in, or in, in initial creation. But anyway, anyway I digress. It's, it's, uh, it's a sad loss, you know, that he's that he's gone. But uh, I, I think I think if he was might have been slightly upset, it was because you know he 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 was almost thinking of himself as a Shakespearean actor and and could and could claim that. But only people only wanted to ask him about Blake, and he famously said at one time he's never watched any of the series, never watched right. any of them. And you know, there's, there's a lot of actors that have never watched themselves, and in, in, um, in, in a lot of stuff has been, in, you know, uh, a lot of actors just can't. And I understand that as, as you know, as an actor, not not a, you know, just doing theatre, it's very difficult sometimes to watch yourself, you know, because it's 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 an odd thing. So yeah. I, I completely understand that. A lot of people think of it as being insulting to whatever you were in that you didn't watch it. And um, I think yeah, one of them a... was. Go on. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, yeah. he did actually come to terms with Blake Seven because he returned to it uh, on audio mm. uh, in Blake Seven, The Liberator Chronicles by Big Finish. Uh, but he yeah, died on Wednesday, the 13th of April. Survived by his wife Linda again. Such a, a bad year uh, for the deaths. I don't know whether Mike uh, and Darcy just give them a moment if either of them wants to to mention anything uh, on that actor. Are those portrayals? If not, well, we're, we're... having never seen Blake Seven, so I have nothing to say. Okay. Okay. Well, well, let's move on. Ian, do you want to mention? Because uh, I, I know you're very much. Maybe even more than me into comedy. And I know Darcy's. I don't know whether he's that familiar with uh, Victoria Wood, who's just passed away as well on the 20th of April. Um, is that one that you want to take in? Sure, I can, I can take that one. Um, yeah, the the sweet be. Um, it was Monday, was it not? Ah. Uh, 20th of April. Um, we uh, we lost uh, Victoria Wood and. Uh, um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, I grew up watching her on TV. Um, her, her main show at the time, which was... Late 90s, I think. Uh, Victoria oh. Wood is seen on TV. And uh, also the... Um, she also um, composed as well and, and uh, was a pianist. Uh, she the, the performed the theme music for her on BBC Six on the Dinner Ladies. Um, all of her stuff was kind of very. Um, I don't want to say observational humor. It was all grounded in in, in real life situations, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just a, a shame we lost her. It's, you know. Uh, Background noise from from my place. <laughs> yeah, she's only uh, only sixty two. Uh, yeah, she's only sixty two. Uh, sadly, but yeah, uh, I wish I'd now got a clip. I mean, um, we, we do we do sometimes cover comedy as sort of cult TV, so that's why we're, we're just bringing it in. But uh, a lot of people may have. Uh, she wrote uh, uh, and acted in uh, Anchor, Acorn Antiques, didn't she? With uh, um, 
with a, a long time uh, friend. Uh, um, oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I've forgotten her name now. Uh, Julie Walters. Of Julie course, Walters, most people yeah. know Julie Walters. That's, yeah. that's where I encountered Julie Walters, actually, because uh, I, I believe she, was, uh, she appeared in, in Victoria Wood Sing on TV as well. That's 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 where I first encountered Julie Walters. Okay, yeah, I it's 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 just a <laughs> it's not been a good week. It's not been a good year either. Um, in passing, too, um, it's 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 kind of out of a purview, kind of. Um, but we also lost uh, the musician uh, Prince. That's that's both a, a, a really really sad news that's hit a lot of people. Um, you know, music saves a lot of people from 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 very bad situations, and uh, and can musicians certain musicians can provide basically the soundtrack to your life. Um, the reason why I've been at Prince is is I I think of um, well I mean he did uh, the Music for uh, for Batman and Bat, Bat Dance, um, and also uh, features fairly heavily in uh, in the life and uh, movies of uh, Kevin Smith, facing uh, Amy Dogma, Clerks. He's uh, a huge fan of Prince, uh, whose music's featured in some of his movies, and also if you've ever watched uh, um, any of Kevin Smith's um, talks that he gives. Um, Got numerous stories about his encounters with Prince, so that's one of the reasons why I bring him up. But yeah, we we lost Prince uh, also this week. But Dave, I mean, you can yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. I haven't got much to add about that, but I know that uh, uh, it, it just seemed to be uh, a terrible year. I mean, um, even the BBC brought out an article about um, why there've been so many. Uh, I think in the in the entertainment field, both actors and uh, musicians and, and creative sides, uh, five years ago, by this time in April, uh, they'd had about four or five obituaries. They've already had 20 of people uh, of, you know, international fame, uh, people that, um, you know, uh, are, are, I mean, gosh, I mean, I know we are uh, very much Dr. Focused, and we've only just uh, had the fifth anniversary of uh, Liz Sladen passing away, and uh, right. we've had a, we, we had a terrible time with people from from Doctor Who uh, uh, actors in that past. But this this has been the whole uh, wider field of uh, general entertainment, people well known in the states as mm -hmm. well as here in the UK, in, in most English language speaking countries, in fact. Um, um, I think we ought to just mention one more, uh, although, again, this is maybe not as unexpected. Uh, that is that um, the director, Guy Hamilton, uh, has just passed away on the 20th of April, too. Um, and he may well be known more to people from being the director of uh, four Bond films. He directed 22 films, but um, he did direct uh, four Bond films. Um, and uh, they are uh, Diamonds Are Forever in 1971, Live and Let Die in 73, 
at the man with the golden gun 74 um and i thought there was one more i thought there was one more he also directed uh, uh force tenth and navarone from 1978 um so um again not active for a long time he was 93 when he passed away uh but um certainly uh another one um uh, he was assistant director on films such as The Third Man, which was a groundbreaking film, of course, by Orson Welles. So, there you go. Uh, he also did um, The Cold Story. Other films included Inspector Call Calls with Alistair Sim, Charlie Moon. Um, so, he was in an awful lot of things. Um, so, again, does anybody else want to comment on this before we we move on to higher and brighter fields well, I mean I'll just throw in that uh, it's not just that one song from Batman and we're talking of course about the uh, I guess you'd say the first modern Batman film the, the one that had um, Keaton in it um, in fact he is it's the whole album but the reason that you might not think it's the whole album is that it's, it's this weird thing that I don't really know all the details to, but it's, it's uh, he had to sign away the rights to the songs to Warner Brothers because of, you know, the ownership battles surrounding Batman in general. And so a lot of those songs, um, you know, just sort of, went without re-releases as they might and they weren't allowed to be included on like best of albums or anything like that so we've kind of forgotten but he is really he's the musical thread for that entire film so that's kind of cool. um and the, one of the interesting wrinkles about guy hamilton is kind of things that almost happened he almost was the director of batman um, he was paid in full to be the director of Superman, even though ultimately Richard Donner took it over. Um, he also was the director of what arguably is the most famous Bond film, I guess, Goldfinger. But he almost was the director of Dr. No. Now, if he had been the director of Dr. No, it's quite likely that the the film for character of or James Bond would have developed it along a different path because the director of the first two Bonds was Terrence Young. Terrence Young was a was very similar to what he wanted to project onto Bond in the sense that he was a you know, a guy who went around in tailored suits. He was a guy who appreciated the finer things in life and is very directly responsible for the divergence between um, the literary bond and the filmic bond, at least up to the point of, you know, Craig, right? Um, and so it, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if Guy Hamilton had in fact directed Dr. No. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is he's probably in the Bond franchise is he was the director of what I consider to be, you know, sort of 70s slump, uh, which is the first three films of the 70s. So Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, and The Man with a Golden Gun. 
um, <laughs> that is a tough series of films to get through. And I, I, you know, if I were to put to rank the directors of the Bond franchise, for me, Guy Hamilton would be kind of lower on the ladder. Nevertheless, he gave something, uh, you know, b beyond Goldfinger, which is a fine film, you know. Beyond that, he, he gave us something in the Bond franchise that is fascinating. Very different from what happened with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, where, you know, Lazenby was told to kind of try to be Sean Connery in some ways. Um, it was the explicit directions of, of Hamilton to Roger Moore in Love and Let Die and Golden Gun. Don't be Sean Connery. Create your own dude. And that piece of advice has really been the standard advice that's been taken afterwards. And that could have been very different, you know, if um, the, the, the prevailing advice that worked on Honor Majesties was what came after Diamonds Are Forever. If we had locked ourselves into this series of guys who were basically trying to imitate Sean Connery, I don't think we would have ended up with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is really not Sean Connery. He is serious, but he's not Sean Connery at all. Uh, Timothy Dalton is definitely not Sean Connery. Roger Moore clearly is not Sean Connery. You know, so... I think he had a positive effect on the film franchise. I just think that three-quarters of his Bond films are pretty terrible. But nevertheless, I mean, this is a guy who has a long career doing things that are not even in the James Bond, you know, stable. But, um, I don't know. I think that there are interesting things about his relationship to the to Bond's um, franchise, and I think he's a, I could be wrong about this, but I think he's the last person to do three in a row I could be wrong about that though so you know, he he was definitely a big part of the post-Connery era the immediate post-Connery era well, the second post-Connery era, I guess <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much, Star. All right, Dave. Does, does Mike want to make any comments on that before we move on? Because we're 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 really up to our our, our main topic now, and uh, maybe we can just hear from Andy before we do anything more. Okay, that sounds like a plan. If you are interested in joining the Golden Collective uh, on our once-a-month shows, uh, that's until Doctor Who comes back, and then, then we're back for every episode, uh, this is how you do it. If you enjoy listening, why not join the Collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a sit client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe Phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you.
might be smoke, don't play him, pay him royalties for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Ian, uh, we're, we're, we're going to shortly be going on about this announcement. Uh, the title we're, the show we're on is episode 309, Announcing Who. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we had a little poll that we, um, we had on the collective page. I don't know if you've got that up. But just mm-hmm. before you do, let's hear from a couple of past uh, uh, companions saying nice things. Fraser Hines, and you're listening to the Cold Down Collective Podcast. This is Daphne Ashbrook, and you are listening to Colton Collective Podcast. We've got some others, but those are uh, obviously companions. Uh, yes, I think we can say that Daphne Ashbrook was. So, um, Ian, do you do you have that poll uh, yes, there or not? Yes, do I do. To take uh, us it? Yesterday, uh, oh, Matt Hell just left, and. Uh, Barman 54. Oh, man, man, health back. Never mind. Uh, we're shortly to be joined, it looks like, by uh, Mr. Cuddly Ken. He's on his way. But anyway, uh, to the poll at hand. Yes, uh, yesterday Dave created a, a poll on our Facebook page um, in lieu of, of the announcement of the new Doctor Who companion, which we will talk about in a moment. But first, let's see what the results were. Uh, Dave, of course, started off with, uh, with um, I think he started off with like six six companions, and well, allowed, of course, other people to add in companions as they uh, felt necessary. And uh, at the top of our list, uh, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll start from the bottom. We had Ian, Barbara, and Susan listed, which, of course, got no votes. Uh, we got one vote for Polly. We uh, had uh, two votes for uh, Leela. Two votes Oh, sorry, three votes for Perry. Yay, Perry! Which I, you'll never guess who added that one in. <laughs> uh, we oh, yeah. had three votes for Ace. Four votes for Clara. And, of course, uh, let me. Uh, we were allowed two votes each. Uh, one for Classic and, of course, one for a new Who Companion. We had uh, nine votes for Jamie. And uh, coming in uh, very close, of course, 12 votes was Sarah Jane. And 15 votes for Donna Noble. So, yeah, the winner of of, our poll was Donna, who uh, is actually returning for uh, some uh, audio adventures. Did you miss out one, one vote for Zoe as well there? You jumped, oh, you jumped from Polly to Leela. Yeah. I think I think so. just put that one in. No, oh. threw me off. That's been there. That was my vote, of course. My uh-huh. classic vote. I think you just put that one in there just to throw me no. off. No, no, sure, 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 sure. So yeah, that's that's our little poll there. So uh, interesting results. Uh, well, actually, I think pretty predictable results. Sarah Jane and and, and Donna Noble. Well, we'll leave it up, won't we? We can leave it up until people have, who weren't able to come on the live show and listen back and feel as though, oh, heck, I missed that. And it, it's in a, a Facebook book that you can just request to join and hopefully, you know, we'll look you up and down and uh, if we like the cut of your jib, we'll uh, we'll let you in. <laughs> and I've just um, gone ahead and, and pinned that post to the top of our Facebook page. So it's ah. uh, the, the topmost post on our page now. Easy to yeah. find. 
We can say uh, hello to one of our companions now coming up. Yes. Mr. Cudley Ken has joined us. Hello, sir. Hello there. Glad you could make it. Yes, greetings. You've just arrived in time, yeah, for the main event. (laughs) Right, so you want to handle it or do you want me to, Dave? Uh, Well, should I play the actual uh, teaser? You may, you may, but uh, just as as an introduction, uh, yesterday during the football, of course, where everybody's watching TV in the UK, during the football, uh, we had the announcement of, a, of our brand new Doctor Who companion. Of course, Clara uh, has, has left the TARDIS, and uh, the Doctor is not the Doctor without a companion joining them for the ride. So, uh, yes, this is the uh, this is the announcement that we had yesterday, and it was in the form of a little uh, a little minisode, you might say. Here we go. Yes. change as we welcome uh, Jeff the seventh doctor into the room which bit the way he says back to the future mm, true true interesting the phraseology makes you wonder where where in time our new companion is from anyway let me uh, let me read a little bit first before I uh, get stuck into what I think um, of course um, that's our new companion named Bill that's all we know so far, uh, played by uh, Pearl Mackey. Uh, Pearl Mackey has been named as the new Doctor Who companion, Bill. The BBC released uh, the details in a specially shot trailer shown on BBC One on Saturday evening and released 
of course, the trailer on the Facebook and Twitter pages. The actress is currently starring in London's uh, West End at the Gilgood Theatre in the production of The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Mackie comes from Brixton in uh, South London, and she trained as an actor at Bristol Old Vic Theatre School, graduating in 2010. Uh, since drama school, she's worked across theatre, film, television, and radio, appearing at the RSC, the Park Theatre, uh, the Thimber, uh, for the BBC, uh, and on London's West End. So there you go. Uh, quite a newcomer, but, uh, but obviously she's got uh, some some nice experience under her belt. So um, we'll read a little bit more from this article as we as we progress. Uh, but so far, so good. I, I, I kind of like some of the humor in that, um, in, in that little intro that we got. Um, apparently, it's specially shot, so it, it doesn't appear to be um, from any particular episode. Uh, the, the clip itself is called A Friend from the Future, so uh, one does wonder whether she's from uh, present day or whether she's uh, from somewhere in the near future. Uh, this is... We've got to get back to 2017. So whether it's a reference to the fact that that's when we're getting more Doctor Who, I don't know. Or whether she's actually from the, the near future. Who knows? But uh, some, some, some lovely humor in there. Uh, Sarah Dalek in the back with two suckers who's really hacked off. I, I had a really good giggle at that one. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's very, very, very difficult to tell from such a, sh a short clip, and we know very, very little about uh, about about this character. But it seems to be um, very normal person by the looks of things. Um, somebody who's thrust into the the adventure, uh, kind of like in the same way Rose was. Um, so with any luck, we are just getting a normal person. We're not getting a super special person. We're not getting um, somebody who's got some convoluted introductory story like Amy did. Um, hopefully, it's just a um, regular person. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, she seems to be fairly down to earth, uh, the character at least, and and um, and the actress herself seems to be very very excited to be part of Doctor Who, which is great. You know. And we're getting somebody who's got some um, classic theater training, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm expecting good things. I'm I'm um, I'm 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 happy. I'm happy. Yeah, a lot of people I've seen don't even like her already, which I think is quite amazing that you can actually not like somebody based on a very very short clip. But you know, I like her based on the short clip, so yeah. Not everybody's cup of tea, I guess. Today, okay. who's okay? Yeah, well, I'll go next if I may. I, I, I won't be long, but I think you can glean quite a lot from this. But I think what you may be talking about is some people, uh, even my son included, is the fact that you know it was um, what appeared to be a contemporary dressed person. You know, um, uh, so a human, a female, mm. uh, and somebody dressed in 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 current day clothes i think that uh, thing of back to 2017 uh is is in reference to when we'll see her appear also right. seems to me to indicate that she won't be appearing in the christmas special this year so it will be 
when the autumn 2017 one was here. Um, she, the actress herself is 28, but I, I, I think she was playing the role long, younger. And in that enthusiasm and whatever that certainly came across the screen, you know, I agree with you on that. Seemed to me, having watched a lot of, you know, children's and teen actors, she seemed to be playing a younger. You, you could imagine from them where, if you, if you listen to that clip as I just played, and you're not looking at the actual video, uh, she seems to be playing, you know. A girl of 19, 20, 21, you know, a bit more uh, uh, rather than a 28 year old. There's been quite a lot of speculation on other things as well because of uh, theatre and and dance and music background. And if you go to her her own page, by the way, I put the link in the room, uh, Pearl Mackey, that's all one word, dot com. Uh, if you actually go, you, there's actually a voice uh, thing where you can hear. Um, uh, She's got some SoundCloud clips of her singing. Was it a, a cappella or what they call it, without any music in the background? Um, so there's already been speculation that with our current doctor uh, liking to get the guitar out whenever he can, uh, that there may be some way, you know, thank God not the spoons, but there may be some way that <laughs> that's going to play into uh, some future storyline. So I think um, that was the criticism that some people of raised that I've seen the fact that, you know, why is it not? She could, of course, have been born on another planet. She could be like Ace. She could have been, um, you know, um, I tell you, Ace. She was. Don't put, she don't put Darth off. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 man of. Uh, I saw a, a little clip on YouTube of her uh, being in um, uh, Doctors, another series where she was playing. Um, uh, a, a slightly more um, uh, what's the word astute uh, educated uh, young uh, woman in London uh, and uh, you know so, so she's obviously got some range um, uh, here she seems to be playing it slightly dipsy you know yeah, that's the name but what they do you know but in, mm. in a London accent so, uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I would have liked it to be uh, a male uh, one. I would have liked it to be even a humanoid, but not necessarily uh, somebody from Earth. Mm. And I certainly would have preferred it to be somebody from a different time period, because that gives you uh, an introductory episode that, that could be in the future or in the past. And therefore, uh, that with Leela, it explained the reason why she had to ask the Doctor questions uh, do I kill this one, Doctor? Do I kill that one, Doctor? The Jane Thorne, Doctor. Uh, because she's not of our time period, there was a natural reason for explanation and exposition or whatever to, to come into the actual dialogue. So um, we haven't heard a lot from Mike yet today, and we, we know that Mike has not been in the best of uh, relationships with Doctor Who recently. Uh, does this uh, characterization heat you? Mike, is it going to bring you back into the fold? Well, first, a few things. I've seen maybe four or five seconds of the, the clip there. Apparently, the the footage of the Dalek came from the was it Into the Dalek episode. It was lifted from there with you know, additional lines from Nick Briggs right off screen there. Uh, but in the end, garbage TV is still garbage TV. So you've got the same showrunner, a different actor. I mean, I've never heard of this person. It's a good thing that we've got a, 
another actor that we've never heard any, at least I've never heard of Pearl Mackey before that announcement. So, you know, there are no pre suppositions or whatever the, the term is. There are no, you don't know what they would bring to the role. But, and, the, and then this is just a short clip. It's just something they threw together, whether that, whether or not that's representative of the character in the show. Well, we've got, a, we've got over a year to wait, so I won't be watching. I have no interest, but just some thoughts that I've had. Okay, Mike, well, appreciate the input. Uh, we'll go to um, uh, Darth next. Ken, we will come to you, but we, we just, we've been on uh, going through in a particular order. So, uh, Darth, any thoughts? Uh, well, first, just a little revision that might be important on your remarks, Dave. It's oh. not that the series is going out in fall of 2017. It's going out in spring. So, ah. I mean, we're we're talking about not even probably over a year. We're probably talking about a year. Right, yeah. Um, Thank you. So that's, you know, that's good. And and I don't know where you're getting the supposition that she's not in the Christmas special. I mean, well, there's nothing in they're the, going back to 2017 and... Christmas special will be in 2016. So the Christmas special couldn't be set in 2017. I mean, there's really nothing. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, definitive here. And I and I also don't take from this that she's from 2017. I mean, I I mean they're going back to the future. So why could she not be from the 90s? Well, she seemed to be sort of fairly, you know, now. Her outfit was very now, wasn't it? Mm, I thought her outfit was very 90s to me. I mean, I think she could be near. Me. She might be, but I mean, I, I don't, you know, automatically assume she's not at least from the slight past. Right. Um, you know, I mean, she's wearing a jean jacket, for God's sake. I mean, it's not it's really. It's not the height of fashion anymore. It's not the height of fashion anymore. I don't think so, but I mean, you know, whatever. Um,. England is a different country. So yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm whatever. I'm not that enthusiastic or, or you know, critical particularly. Mm-hmm. I, I the only thing I'm hoping is that she's one and done. I hope that, that, that we're not saddled with this person for into the you know coming era. Uh, I hope she has a one series arc. And the reason is because that's just what I prefer. Uh, that is what was the, the case during the David Tennant era. I quite enjoyed that. You got a lot of different ideas that were going on. You could have different storylines. And while some people might not appreciate that you know, Martha's storyline is different from Rose's, it is. The reverse is different. And not only that, it's not simply the reverse. There's more subtlety to that relationship. That is her, you know, it's ended because she chooses it to end. That is certainly not the case with, you know, Rose. It's not just that, you know, there there were different things for each season. And those variations quite please me. I'm not really, I'm hoping that this is not the start of another era because one of the problems I think that has happened during the Moffat era is just retaining these actors for well past their sell-by date. Um, if you concentrate on the story that has to end because you're, you've lost your job or you've given up your job or whatever, and a new showrunner is coming in, I, you know, that could focus his energies, uh, let's say Moffat's energies, to write something that has a beginning, middle, and an end rather than 
a beginning, a pre-beginning, you know, a very confusing uh, story that's not told in order and that doesn't really amount to anything by the end of the day. Um, so, right, so would you suggest you know, that Chris Chibnall has not had anything to do with choosing this this person? I would, I would, person, I would hope not. I, I would hope not. I, w- I would hope he gets a you know totally clean slate. I certainly don't want to see you know this character have to deal with like another incarnation of the Doctor. I don't, I don't necessarily. It's weird because I I don't necessarily think that you need to have a new Doctor for the first season of Chris Chibnall. It could be interesting to see what he would do left to his own devices with regeneration. If he was the showrunner uh, and uh, Moffat, I mean, um, Capaldi was still around, that would seem to give him the license to, you know, maybe regenerate the guy in episode seven. You know, right. to have some way to mix that up a little bit. But I don't think that a, a companion necessarily has to bleed from one showrunner to the other, especially because, you know, it's been done in the past. It's fine when it happens in the, you know, we know what that is kind of like. Um, There's, I don't know. When I see this, I think I was more impressed by the direction than the acting. I'm not saying this person is a bad actor or anything like that, but what jumped out at me were the little asides that she was able to throw in from literally the side of the camera. Um, And I found that amusing the way that it was staged. Uh, I, you know, it's another one of these Moffat things that seems interesting on the outside. It's kind of like the, you know, eggs thing and how eggs are related to exterminate. Uh, You know, why do they say in this piece, exterminate instead of kill, the answer makes is funny, but it really makes no sense. You know, the answer is because it, it, it takes less time to say kill, and we don't want it taking less time to say kill, do we? Okay, it's funny, but it doesn't really answer the question. The Daleks don't want that. Why are the Daleks prolonging the time that it takes to kill somebody? Why would Davros have given them that, you know, longer phrase? I don't know. Um, this, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I found the thing funny. I didn't find, find it inspiring, kind of, like in the same way that the casting of Catherine Tate was, or, you know, Freema Adjaman. I didn't really think, oh, great, this is something that's going to completely change my view of Doctor Who. It just, it seemed quite reminiscent to me of uh, uh, the, the oh, Shaka. Is that called the Curse of Shaka? What the hell? Whatever that Scream, is. That scream of the Shaka. Scream of the Shaka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scream of the Shaka. Uh, this companion feels like Sophie Okonos, not because of any race thing, but just because um, like this seems to be a low-information person. I could be wrong about that, but that is her function within this piece, at least, to just ask the most basic of questions. And that was kind of what Sophie Okonoda's character was like in Shalka. And it allows the Doctor to then say clever things around, which, you know, some would say that's kind of what a companion is. That's not really what a companion has been of late, really, or at least not on a superficial level. Um, This is a very... 
you know, almost parodic piece. Let's face it. Um, and it feels also like, I think that's why I was getting this in my mind, it also feels like Curse of Fatal Death sort of, you know, slammed into Scream of the Shalka, really. And I don't, who knows, because it's a specially written piece, who knows what it really means for the future? I don't think it means a whole lot, necessarily. Um, but, you know, I trust Andy Pryor has done his due diligence, and this is going to be a fine actor. It's just a question of what are they going to do with the character? Are they going to resolve this character's plot line by the time that Moffat goes? And if they don't, I, I think that's dirty pool, in a way. I hope that they have given her, at most, a one-year contract with an option to be exercised by Chibnall for other things. And and then I hope he just doesn't take up her option, no matter how good she is. I think it would just be really nice if this was a one-season arc and then she's gone, and that's the end of the deal. What's the phrase, Ian, when... You've you've had a girlfriend you can't get over, and then you you have another girlfriend. And that girlfriend's called the what they call the rebound. The rebound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think this companion's almost going to be a rebound, even though he's forgotten oh. Clara uh, in the storyline. But exactly, so it can't be a rebound. So, uh, but but the way yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, mm. we've just got uh, Ken on audio. Ken, I've just got one short clip uh, with the cool. girl talking. Uh, it's the last one, and since you're the last one, speak on audio. I'll play it now if I may. Just uh, one minute, 15 seconds. Yeah, it's been amazing. Absolutely mad. Uh, I don't really think I've taken it all in. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been um, it's been incredible. I think maybe when I get home, then I'll finally, the, the reality of it will sink in, and I'll probably explode or something. <laughs> Peter's lovely, isn't he? Really nice. Yeah, everyone's just been amazing, actually. So, hope that continues. Hope that wasn't just an introductory uh, kind of cursory niceness, and that that carries on. Lots of running. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to when uh, we get to meet some monsters for the first time. I think that's going to be amazing. I don't know, man. More people in the world with afros, though. That's always good, isn't it? <laughs> I am really looking forward to starting filming, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be amazing. Really excited. I don't know, I hope that she gets to have a bit of fun and go on some exciting adventures and, yeah, I don't know, bring a bit of attitude into the TARDIS, maybe. Um, there you go. I don't know what you... That was a clip we prepared just prior to the going live. Uh, I don't know if you'd heard that before, Ken, but I assume yeah. you'd, you've seen the, the 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 other one that we did play prior to you arriving. Yeah. Anyway, your thoughts on... Uh... Um, well, she certainly is exuberant. Um, um, that's a good thing. Really, it's all supposition. We have no idea what her character is, what her, what's her backstory. And I like that she comes with no baggage. I don't know the actress. It's not like Catherine Tate that had a um, a great body of work and was very popular. So, yeah, that that came that came to it, or or even um, 
you know, um, Rose, I mean, she had her, her whole pop star persona uh, proceeding and, and her, her work on Brothers, and, and, and not in Brothers, excuse me, um, but, you know, um, her other work. Um, the banter was very witty. It was, it was cute. I thought I, 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 I like the thing about uh, exterminate. When we say kill, you're making it do it faster, you know. But she's she's serving the doctor's needs in this. It's she's uh, doing the punchlines, uh, you know, setting up for him, which I, I guess is is a nice thing. Um, I'm positive to the future. I don't know whether she's just going to be the year, or Chibnall had some input and wants to. Uh, Someone to be there. Either either there's going to be a regeneration, or um, you know, from the end of Moffat's reign and into uh, Chibnall's uh, taking over. We don't know. We have no idea. Or that uh, Twelfth Doctor is going to stay along, you know, for a while. You know, I, I don't think they've announced. You know, what's really going to happen. But the positives are that. Uh, you know, we are still going to have uh, a full season of the 12th when Chibnall takes over. You know, that's what they've been kind of bantering about. Um, different kind of companion, but there's 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 a little bit of Rose quality, a uh, bit of Donna there, you know, uh, average. Uh, the the uh, time time uh, place of uh, of her could be 90s, you know, could be now, you know. Um, Nice little homage to Back to the Future is always good. It is, it's, it's always good. But, you know, they, they get, they got to keep publicity going for the show, and it gets people talking. What we're doing here, that's exactly what they wanted, you know, pro and con, and uh, to keep the fires burning. So I, I'm looking forward to what she does. Uh, positive toward it. Didn't blow me away. It wasn't like, you know, oh, my God, you know, uh, with charisma factor, but it's a little hard, you know, to do that in two minutes. Yeah, so positive toward it. Looking forward to what there is. Um, has she done other things for the BBC? Uh, no, she's basically seems to have been a stage performer. So, well, in fact, uh, uh, apparently there was a I saw a, a tweet that Peter Capaldi had actually gone see her. Uh, she's been in the curious incident of the dog. In the night time, which of course, uh, if Ian Shackleford was here, uh, uh, Ian Shackleford. <laughs> Lee Shackleford was here um, from uh, obviously from Podshot with us and Ian, uh, and on uh, discussing who with Kyle, um, he, he would say, well, that of course is a quote from uh, one of the uh, Sherlock stories where. Uh, there's an incident where it's curious that the dog didn't bark. Therefore, maybe the dog knew who was the person uh, in the farmyard. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that was the uh, the play, and he and there was a picture of him with the cast. Now, whether whether um, that gave any hint that she was under you know consideration or not, I don't know. But um, stage yeah, is I, a I mean, good sign. Stage a lot of stage work is a good sign. Yeah, she's done ballet, dance. She she does music. Um, so um, I mean, I think I think Darth may be right. This may be a transitional uh, one. Not be, and I don't mean by that that they picked somebody not exceptional because of that. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying anything at all. Um, 
but I sometimes find with really good actors are ones that I believe are very good actors. Uh, when you hear them in an interview, they don't sound anything like the character that you just heard. Uh, you know, there's some actors that you hear on things like Coronation Street and uh, and other things. Uh, they speak very broadly, but when they speak, they speak so much different. You know, with rather rather speech. And um, <coughs> this girl seems to be putting a good eight percent of herself into this character. The uh, that little interview, she's she's. As you say, she's very uh, um, open, very bubbly, uh, up for it, you know. And uh, I think just playing her a little bit younger than her own age of 28, but um, a lot to admire. Uh, just let me say, uh, we, we've got uh, uh, Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. If you can just bring text, Jeff, whether you're going to come on audio, because if not, we'll be wrapping up in a few minutes. So if you can let us know whether you're going to be getting onto audio very quickly, we're just about um, covering it up to this. But I will say, Ian, that uh, we'll carry this conversation over onto our Facebook page, won't we, in some way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me quickly uh, read out um, uh, the last part of this article. Because it's, lovely, it's a lovely little read, and it's, it's a little more about, um, about Pearl. Um, I'm, excited, uh, I'm extremely excited to be joining the Doctor Who family. It's such an extraordinary British institution. I couldn't be prou uh, prouder to call the TARDIS my home. Peter Capaldi is a brilliant actor, and the Doctor is such a wacky and wonderful character. I can't wait to see what adventures are in store for, in store for him and Bill throughout time and space. Reading the scripted audition, I thought Bill was wicked. Fantastically written, cool, strong, sharp, with a little bit of uh, a little bit vulnerable, with a bit of geekiness thrown in. So that sounds cool. That's me saying that sounds cool, not her. <clears throat> I can't wait to bring her to life and to see how she develops through the series. I always loved stage combat at drama school, so I can't wait to get on the set and kick some evil monsters into the next dimension. <laughs> shooting the new tra uh, shooting the trailer was ab was absolutely mental. and I met the first Dalek. I'm not sure whether it'll be the norm seeing crazy monsters on set, but I can't wait to meet some more. The weirder, the better. Bring it on. Yeah, that I mean, she's got, I, I like the sound of her. I mean, hmm? she's got a lot of. Uh, apparently, she speaks a couple of uh, languages: uh, French and I'm not sure it was Italian or German. But you know, she's an accomplished lady. Uh, mm. No doubt about it. But I'm glad. I mean, like like Darth Vader said. Okay, glad we're not lumbered with a lot of, you know, baggage. As far as you know, just being a well-known actress, um, but it sounds like she's got enough experience in about to 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 bring a, a great character to life. But without being lumbered with, you know, oh, this is what we can expect because we've seen her and this and this and this. Um, gonna be new to all of us, and there's no real preconceived ideas, although the, I have seen a lot of preconceptions. Oh, she's going to be just like Rose. Oh, she's going to be just like Ace. Oh, she's just going to be... We don't know. That's um, just fan speak. Yeah, it's just the fans going off. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know when we're going to get her. We, she could be for Christmas. She could be for the for the new series next year. Uh, time will tell. I kind of agree a bit with Doris about uh, it would be nice if she was like a one-and-done but 
also there's that part of me is like I hope we like her enough that she sticks around for a little while too, that she becomes a uh, a Sarah Jane type companion, you know, somebody who we end up growing to love, but they're not there because they're particularly special. They're just there because they're the companions. You know, I hope we move away from from the companions. I mean, even Donna got some of that, and um, and you know, Rose became special in her own way. And I think Martha was the only one. Martha did something something great, but it was something quite normal and, and great. She she walked the earth and told people about the Doctor. Um, she didn't develop any superpowers. She didn't end up traveling throughout the Doctor's timeline. She didn't become a half time half time or half human and she didn't have this convoluted storyline where she you know with the doctor like Amy did you know so with Anna Luck we, we get a regular companion and and see how she develops that would be that's what I'm hoping for you know just to see a, a nice developing character who we get to know over the course of a, of a series and then see what happens from there uh, like Darth was also saying I, I hope the option is there to keep her if they so desire, and that that, that um, they're not lumbered. Well, lumbered's not the right word, but they're you know she doesn't have a three-year contract, so that um, so that he has to take on this doctor and this companion and 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 march them through into into his series. Um, he has the option to do what he wants to do, because you know there's nothing worse than you know. The taking over a job and being stuck with all your predecessors' baggage, you know. So, yeah. yeah. And more than I was planning on, but hey. Well, let me just finish on it. It's French and Spanish that she's uh, fluent in. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot to play for. I, I think some of the initial reaction was just the fact that, oh, it's a young girl, uh, contemporary in terms of my... My my knowledge of fashion from the last ten to fifteen years, <laughs> 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 and, uh, but yeah, um, the, I mean, um, yeah, it, it it is what it is, and uh, uh, they they they're obviously going for this more sort of uh, slightly offbeat, slightly hip, slightly comedic, maybe even uh, slant on it. But um, early days, and I think we've got a lot to look forward to, and it also uh, you know bodes well for. Uh, the Christmas special coming up. Uh, will she or won't she appear in that? And then um, we've got, uh, we do know that we've got uh, Peter Capaldi for the next uh, season at least. And then, you know, we've got a little bit of a mapped out uh, way for Doctor Who to go. Uh, and who's to say as well that during the course of her tenure, they may introduce the second companion and so on. So. There's lots to play for, but I think we won't uh, go any further than that. We've we've talked quite a long time on a tenuous, you know, two-minute clip. So <laughs> I think if you'll thank our guests and wrap us up, Ian, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, thanks to Darth and uh, of course Randall Thor, who has uh, departed, uh, and thanks to Mr. Cuddly Ken. You came in late, but you came in at just the right time, sir. Um, of course, thanks to Cybob, uh, Jess, and the doctor who's uh, who's sitting in our text chat, uh, and the guests that have joined us as well. And of course, Cybob. See, I like to thank people when there's a short list. If there's a long list. 
it's just thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, as Dave said, a uh, lot of discussion for a very short clip, but then again, that's what we are. We're Doctor Who fans, and uh, we make something out of nothing. <laughs> so join us uh, next month for us to make something out of a whole lot more of nothing. Uh, the, tw- the 29th, uh, Sunday the 29th of May. Sunday the 29th of May, um, where you'll hear Dave say more stuff and me say more stuff about uh, what has happened in the past month. And uh, we hope you enjoy it, and we hope you join us. Uh, remember, you can always join us on audio, you can join us in text chat, and in the meantime, you can always uh, bop on over. Did I say that? No. Bop on over to uh, our uh, Coltham Facebook page and our Coltham page at www.coltham.com. All right. Until next time. Oh, yeah, that is Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, the 29th, Hi. it's Memorial Day weekend, so we'll all be off and relaxing and, and, and enjoying ourselves and stuff. Except I'll be working that day. Yeah. All right. Enough of me jabbing on. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave Acey. It's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>